Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. And my name is Adam Jones. Today, mate, we're doing The Inevitable. By Kevin Kelly. Understanding the 12 technological forces that will shape our future. Mate, so we've done this one before, and I remember yeah. I was just listening to that episode recently, and we were saying kind of jokingly when we first started this podcast, <laughs> yeah, we'll get him on, we'll get him on. We actually did, yeah. We said we'll get him on. Uh, we were kind of joking. That was what, November 2016? Uh, and yeah, we've, we've got him on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we figured brand new mics, we'd do a redo. It was probably like our, what, 15th or 20th episode. Very raw. We were like in a library, the audio was shit, we were pretty shit. Um, hopefully we're marginally better and the mics are a lot better mm. and we'll do a redo. And it's a phenomenal book. So it's, It is a phenomenal book. It's, it's worth doing. So it was actually released uh, about 18 months ago, I think now. Mm. Um, but it's obviously what it's about. It's about the next thirty years and what's happening in technology over the next thirty years. Hmm. Um, so we're still plenty of time to go. So in the book, he doesn't say this exact technology is going to come through or this exact product. It's kind of like these inevitable trends that are coming. Yes. And then out of these inevitable trends, um, th- other products will will come out of. Yeah. He doesn't say like buy Google stock and then create this product and you'll be rich. It's more just saying there's 12 things that he talks about that are just inevitable. He says mm. this is like, you can't stop it. Yeah, this is what's okay. coming. Either way, um, you're the a denier or you're just going to ride with mm. it. So he says, not all of this shift will be welcomed. Established industries will topple because old business models will not work. Entire occupations will disappear and together with their livelihoods. That's crazy. And he sort of, it's sort of like if you look back 30 years ago to you know the... Uh, just trying to do some quick maths, the late 80s, late 1980s, and you think how much change there's been from the late 80s to now is so much. And then like if you project that forward another 30 years into the future, people like in 30 years' time are going to be like, wow, those guys were so primitive back in, you know, 2018. Dude, it was even (laughs) even 10 years ago, you know, you wouldn't believe what we have today, would you? Well, I think the iPhone only came out 10 years ago. Mm. And before that, it was just the old the, the bricks. That was Google Maps. It was just text and call, yeah. And it's funny, like he doesn't talk about this in the book, but as soon as these new technologies come, yeah. we all of a sudden take it for granted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, mate, should we, should we get stuck in? Yeah. Um, I thought we were, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. So, the first technological force that's going to shape our future is becoming... So that's moving from fixed products to always upgrading services and subscriptions. Yeah, so it's just saying it's not like you just buy the product once and that's a product you've got. It's like because things are moving so quickly and changing so quickly, you're essentially buying this monthly subscription and then each month there's going to be changes, there's going to be upgrades and you automatically get the next better version Hmm. and that you go along for the ride. It's not like you're stuck with a shitty old system. Mate, so yeah, it it does cause discomfort and I can say this especially with you know, owning an iPhone myself every yeah. fucking morning, I wake up <laughs> and he goes, do you want an update? Update this, update that. Yeah. But, you know, Kevin Kelly's all about it. So he says, continuous discontent will be brought about technology and we cannot expand ourself and our collective self without making holes <laughs> in our heart. So, mm. you know, it'll be a world with, with um, discomfort and without it, uh, the world would be stagnant. And it's interesting that he says that... Um, <clears throat> The, uh, the most important technologies that would dominate life 30 years from now haven't been made yet. So it's sort of like you can't just buy today's shit and go along for the ride. You want to always be riding that new wave and getting the new stuff constantly. Yeah, he says, yeah, most of the products won't be invented in 2050 that are there today. So yep. there's a huge opportunity. You know, people will look down at their wearable virtual reality and contact lenses and download 
their avatars and their AI interfaces and all this stuff. And people were saying, can you imagine how awesome it would be to be an innovator in 2016? Yeah, exactly. It is a wide open frontier. You could almost pick any category at AI and put it in the cloud. Yeah, and it's sort of, he's saying that like, 20 years ago, there was like this really well, I forget the dude's name and the exact quote, but uh, a really well-known technology dude, how he was saying, oh, you know, this internet's coming along, but it's never going to work because it's too hard for people to get on there and there's no way you can make money for it. And like you look at it today, literally anyone can make any website in two or three minutes and everyone is all about e-commerce selling shit online. So even the people saying today, you know, oh, VR, look, it's a cool idea. AI, it's a cool idea, but it's not going anywhere. There's no way to monetize it. Yeah. Um, 30 years from now, they're going to be very, very wrong. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. So I think we all think sometimes how good it would be to be in the early 90s, knowing yeah. the internet's coming yeah, and being, exactly. you know, Jeff Bezos yeah. taking the opportunities. So. I guess the main, one of the main things he says here is you are not too late for this. Yeah, no, exactly. We're not too late. Um, so number two is cognifying. And so that's what you were saying where the, the next um, 10,000 business startups are going to be essentially take X and add AI. So he, he talks about how like boring old taxi industry, add AI to it and you get Uber which is the biggest you know, biggest transport company in the world. Mm. And he even says Watson, who is a mm. product of IBM, I think, mm. will be the most used doctor in the world, not just your yes. doctor. Yeah, so they've got like, um, as you say, like the, the computer is going to be way better at diagnosing um, whatever disease you've got because they've got so much data. It's not like a doctor has to remember it. It's like the computer knows absolutely everything and can test against those. Yeah. And He's, they've got... They've got um, uh, uh, AI doing legal stuff as well now, like mm. reading through all the legal precedents and saying, "Yeah, this is this is the this is the shit." I actually saw, and this again is in the book. I saw somewhere that that law is one of the most um, industry that's will be easily oh, most really? easily disrupted by AI. <laughs> so he says AI it will be a lot like electricity. It's something you plug into like a grid, yeah, and then you just pay for it in in that way. He was saying that um, it's AI is going to be so cheap, and Google is going to dominate AI. And he says that at the moment, uh, we think that AI is there to improve search so that AI makes your search results better. But what he's saying is that the search is actually making the AI better because when you search and you've got you know 20 results, the one you click on, then the AI thinks, oh, this is what they were looking for. So then that learns and then the next time someone looks, that's going to be the bump it up. So like... He's saying that at the moment, Google makes all their money from search, but search is just feeding AI and then essentially Google is going to be just selling everyone AI. Mate, that's that's it because in the past with comp- comp- computations and algorithms mm. like that, you just teach it a well-defined task. What they're doing now is is teaching it how to actually learn. Yes. And then once it, you know, it's a computer that can learn rapidly, you know, very quickly, it mm. might, might hit... Um, Exactly. Yeah, and that's, a, that's the three things that essentially is saying that they're all sort of going at the same time now. It's everything, the computing's becoming cheaper, there's getting more and more and more data and the algorithms are getting better. So that's all going to converge to make sick AI. And he's saying that basically what we want to do, we don't teach robots how to do something, we teach robots how to learn and then they learn their own way and they're probably going to be more efficient than what we could teach them anyway. Mm, and they're going to think much differently than we think, which yes. there'll be a lot of value in that as well. So they're going to look at scientific problems maybe that we haven't been able to crack in a completely different way and maybe you know take control of some of the things we haven't been able to do. Mate, some people are very worried about AI mm. and that's releasing demons and stuff. Um, Kevin Kelly is very bullish, very positive that AI is going to be good. So hopefully... Who knows, man? <laughs> man? I think Elon said it's like awakening the devil or something, didn't Yeah, he? summoning the, the, Summon- the demon or yeah. the dragon or whatever. Because, <laughs> yeah, 
you know, so they're two incredibly clever people. I'm hoping KK pulls yeah. through. I think Elon said as well that AI could be the last thing humans invent. Yeah. Because after that, they're just going to wipe us out. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing with AI is success will go to those who best optimize the process of working with the bots and machines. Mm. Um, and, you know, the jobs the politicians are fighting to keep away are the ones that no one wants to wake up to anyway. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, they're going to try and outsource all the shitty jobs you know, basic manual labor and really basic, basic stuff um, will go to the robots. And that's probably a good thing because then yep. humans are freed up to do more important stuff. And we, yep, so let the robots take over. Yeah, exactly. Just bend over. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> <Just, laughs> no, not that far. Just submit to the robots. <laughs> Maybe too far. Mate, number three is flowing. And he's saying that essentially first, we used to just do shit as it popped up. We treat it on a case-by-case basis. The next step was like batches. So maybe once a week you could do all your banking. And then he's saying, okay, I went from batches to daily. You could do it daily. And now flowing is essentially everything in real time. Mm-hmm. So it's not just you check your bank balance at the end of the day. You can check it whenever you want real time. You can do everything you want real time. Yeah. And another example of that would be something like Netflix where you can just watch that whenever you want on demand. Yes. And uh, Spotify. So you can listen to everything on demand as well. Yeah, so it's basically this flowing is just everything is just constant streams. Mm. Screening, number four. So every surface will become something you can act or interact with and use the mm. verb screening a lot in this. Yeah, and you're saying that like essentially everything is going to become a screen and then he talks about how uh, you know TV screens got bigger and bigger and bigger and then then like billboards and like in you know Times Square, they're literally just the whole side of a building is going to be TV screens. Everything's going to be a fucking screen, including your morning cereal box even. Yeah. And even on the smaller scale, like books as well. Like you said, like obviously there's already like the Kindle where you read on your phone, but you're saying like he reckons like books will be more like they are today, but screens, we can do mm. more shit on them. So the entire works of human history and humankind from the beginning in all languages will be available to everyone all the time on these screens as well. Mm. So yeah, unbelievable, eh? <laughs> but the good thing he says here, the, the empty white spaces of our collective ignorance will be highlighted because mm. our knowledge will be so well known, we'll know what we don't know as well. That's good. And he talks a lot about the white spaces mm. um, a lot, yeah. Mate, the next one, which isn't completely um, different is accessing and essentially that he's saying that possession is not as important as it once was and then accessing is more important than ever Mm. and that like say uber you don't need to have a car anymore you can just access some other dude's car they'll drive you around same as airbnb you don't need to own a house you can just access someone else's accommodation bike sharing car sharing Mm. everything sharing mate it's absolutely awesome i think I think because say like uh, I think the last time we you, you spoke about surfboards and how say if everyone who surfs has to own a surfboard, whereas if there was not every single person is going to surf every single day. Hmm. So if there was uh, some smart system that can work out this is on this temperature day the max number of people surfing is going to be this. So this is the, all the surfboards we need, and then you just share that. And if you look at it from a materials perspective of yeah. the world resources, there'll be much less pressure on that. And you see it in all kinds of spaces, even, say, the, the, the working space where you have collaboration spaces where, you know, a lot of different businesses will work in the same space, yes. and then that might turn into a, a bar or something at night. Mm. So, in the past where you'd have, you know, there'd be a, a demand for all these different kinds of spaces, you've got this kind of uh, access for everyone um, yep. to get in there. That's awesome. And this is what um, one of the things Kevin is getting off on, I think, how he's saying that essentially by just having subscriptions to services rather than owning 
then it's going to keep him fresh, keep him agile, and just essentially ready to tackle whatever comes next rather than being stuck in one place with all this, all these assets and shit that you've got to look after. Matty, he even gets to the point of clothes as well. He says, you, you will just click a button and then clothes will arrive at your door. Yeah. Not new ones, but, you know, <laughs> someone else's. <laughs> um, that's an interesting one, yeah. yeah. Mate, so number six was sharing. Um, sort of similar, yeah, but this is more like uh, working together. So he says it was sort of there's four levels. So one is sharing, so like giving your ideas and giving your work to other people. The next level up is cooperation, so helping each other out. The next level up is collaboration, so where you're genuinely working together. Um, and then the the big part he says is collectivism, so where everybody's working together for one shared goal or objective. Yeah, and it's definitely a trend we see today with things like crowdfunding. Yes. And, you know, if you've got a new kind of business idea, you can just crowdfund it and then everyone can work as a team as Yeah, well. and a bit of a taste is like open source stuff where people go in there or like Wikipedia where um, there's no one person who controls it. It's like everyone can go in there and work together to build Wikipedia. Yeah, love it. Number seven was filtering. And obviously, with so much new shit... Filtering is going to be important because there's going to be so much uh, data, so much info, so much new stuff everywhere that filtering is going to become super valuable, super important. Mm, he calls it intense personalization in order to anticipate our desires. So there's some, you know, it's some kind of bad things in this as well. So the danger of being rewarded with only what you already like is that it'll spin into an egotistical spiral, <laughs> becoming blind, blind to anything slightly different. Well, that's true. We just we just recently made an Instagram. And I've completely destroyed the algorithm because all it shows <laughs> is chicks in bikinis. <laughs> so that's one. Every time we're on, there's a cheap banger. <laughs> Every time. That's obviously they, they know what we've been liking and they've been just showing us what we like. Man, another one that's come <laughs> recently is I accidentally watched like a couple of Alex Jones videos. <laughs> So all of a sudden, everything that's going on my YouTube and Facebook is just fucking full conspiracy. Mate, it's arrogant, it's good. <laughs> Open your mind. Mate, that's all I believe now. But I th- it's a dark spiral but of that's, conspiracy. That's probably the downside of filtering is that, yes, you're only seeing what you want, but then you're only seeing, like, it's confirmation bias. Everything you see is what you already believe. Mm. Um, so that's probably the downside. An interesting thing he says is, advertisers are going to eventually start paying for our attention. So they might actually mm. pay for you to open their email or for you to pay to watch their ad. So there's going to be these mm. millions of micropayments you might get throughout the day because they're going to have to be fighting for your attention. It's going to get harder for them to get. Yeah, exactly. Now, there was a quote. Uh, here we go. So he says, our attention is the only valuable resource that we produce without training. And he says, it's in short supply and everyone wants a piece of it. And that's the thing where uh, we both watched Black Mirror. You saw the one about the ads, how you had to pay to not watch the ads. Yeah. Um, so that's like Black Mirror is almost like a dystopian view of some of this stuff. But Mate, I'll um, put my money on it. Yeah. Black Mirror definitely read this book and spoke to Kevin Kelly. Um, mate, Black Mirror was made before the book. Maybe Kevin Kelly just... No, sorry, Black the other Mirror. way around. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Black Mirror, yeah, ask Kevin Kelly what's, you know, what's up. <laughs> next Mate, oh, yeah <laughs> remixing yeah so that's unbundling existing products into their most primitive parts and then combining them in mm. all possible ways so it's essentially nothing's fixed anymore like if you got uh you know whatever the phone's made out of this and it comes with all these services you can essentially then uh pull everything apart and just create your own services so you can Pick and choose the things that you want. Remix to create your own personalized experience um, where you can get the best of everything that you want, essentially. Mm. And it's combining different technologies as well into one. Mm. There's one example in the, in the buildings industry at the moment where I was speaking to someone who um, 
created a virtual reality headset there. So mm. he's saying what's going to come in the future is you go into VR to do your design and then you do it with artificial intelligence. So whilst you're in VR, the artificial intelligence is doing the design with you. Yeah. You know, you're just sitting there and it just sounds like... <laughs> that sounds phenomenal. Absolute science fiction, but it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, number nine, interacting. Mm, so immersing ourselves into our computers to maximize engagement. And so this is essentially VR, yeah? Yep. So saying that VR, it's like a fake world, but it feels very real. And he's saying that like it doesn't actually have to be perfect. Like he's, He used the example of like Pixar movies where you can get really attached to characters and stories, even though it's clearly a cartoon. So he's saying it doesn't have to be 100% photorealistic um, for it to actually feel real. Yeah, it's, there's no doubt when you're in VR, you genuinely believe... You know, you're in it. You can be in the middle of a room in the VR, you're walking a, a plank or something like that, mm. and you know you're in the room. Mm. You might be hearing someone next to you who tells you you're in a room, yeah. but you can't trick yourself. You've, you know, you're, you're fully in that world. Man, I feel like a man narrow. We recorded our first take of this book, what, 14 months ago or something, and I still haven't done VR. Mate, what are you doing? Should we go in there? Yeah. Another good thing about VR is physics doesn't matter as well. So, some of the laws that we have to adhere to, like yes. gravity. No, nah, you can just get rid of that in, in VR. He says it's going to be, you know, you could be in a world a little bit more like the Matrix where you're doing cool Neo shit. <laughs> Let's see. And so that's obviously the, the laws of physics that we don't have to adhere to. There's also morality you probably don't have to adhere to and that you can just root hot chicks. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's, um, imagine, here's another one. Imagine like AI in VR in porn. <laughs> so then, you know, it responds to how you're reacting. <laughs> So then, you know, more chicks will come and do certain things. <laughs> I love it. Mate, you wouldn't get out of it. Oh, no. Nah. have to. And, mate, if the AI could, like, keep you going as well. <laughs> if you just, like, if it eased up in certain areas or... Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be an expansion of what we interact with in three ways. So, there'll be more senses, mm-hmm. more inti- intimacy, there we go, and yeah. more immersion. Nice. So, all our senses will be involved as well eventually. Yeah, sick. Because at the moment, it's essentially just uh, sight. There's a bit of touch as well. Probably not smell yet or mm. taste. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one, won't it? For VR sex, that'll be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, number 10, tracking. Tracking. So, employing total surveillance for benefit of customers and consumers. Mate, I just had a real quick thing. Uh, I just remembered Kevin Kelly said he, he tried the first VR set in 1989. VR sex in 1989? No, not sex. Set. S-E-T. I would have thought it was like less than five years old. Mm. That's crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, yeah, sorry, tracking. So Kevin was also like big on, he like made this thing called the quantified self movement. So anyone who's tracking themselves and early on, it was probably a lot harder to do. Now, literally every iPhone tracks how many steps you're doing each day. And you can, if you're wearing an iWatch, you can track all your activity. If it knows if you're sitting, standing, yeah. your heart rate, all that sort of stuff. Mm, yeah, and that's going to be so exciting for the health space and could potentially disrupt the whole health space. You know, if you know at all times your blood pressure, your variable mm. heart rate, your oxygen levels and all this, you can really tell if a stroke's coming and, and mm. monitor your health. Or even to the point if, if your skin reacts to certain toxins in a certain environment, yes. you'll be able to monitor real time what's happening to yourself. Yeah, that's awesome. And what he says is that every test we do at the moment is a test at one specific point in time. So if you go get a blood pressure test at the doctor's, normally just even strapping the thing on probably bumps you up a couple of points because you're a bit nervous or or any like being in a doctor's office is a bit uncomfortable. So it's always going to be not quite accurate and it's always going to be based against like the average person. 
So like saying, you know, 120 over 70 is a normal blood pressure, but that's just an average thing. Whereas if you know the whole time, like if you've got something embedded in you that's constantly tracking you, it knows what your normal range is and then it can tell when you're outside your normal range hmm. rather than just against the average population. Mate, that's unreal. Another unreal one I thought was the, the life logging. It's kind of mm. weird and bizarre, but it's something where at all times it's logging your life mm. and, and everything. So if someone comes up to you and you forget their name or something or a certain memory, it can take you all the way back there. Yeah. And that's something that was on Black Mirror. I was going to say, that was a Black Mirror <laughs> episode where they could see, go back and relive the memories. Yeah. And mate, number 11. Questioning. Yeah. So with this, he says things like, uh, even though questions are expanding exponentially, um, our questions are expanding exponentially faster. <laughs> what say? Our, so, sorry, our so answers are ex- our answers are uh-huh. expanding expa- exponentially, mm-hmm. but our questions are expanding exponentially faster. Nice. So the gap between two exponential curves is exponential itself. Uh-huh. So the gap between the is this is exponential, and that's our ignorance. So our ignorance, oh, ignorance is increasing exponentially. Ah, Got okay. It? <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I no, I get that. that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, one thing he says, though, is that like uh, questioning is probably good and that answers close it off. If you get an answer, that's it. That's done. Whereas questioning can open up creativity, imagination, all that sort of stuff and obviously then looking for answers. And he says it's sort of when you've got AI, when you've got robots that can answer any question, the questions become so much more important and that questions are probably the mm. last thing that the robots are going to learn to do. It's going to be the last thing that humans get to keep. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? So a good question is the seed of innovation in science. And as you said, it might be the last thing or the mm. last job a machine does. Yeah, exactly. So as soon as a machine can ask a good question... <laughs> That's it. We're done. Then we're done. We don't, we're not <laughs> needed anymore, are we? They can wipe us out. Yeah, we'll see you later. Um, <laughs> Man, then number 12. Yeah, it's the beginning. beginning. So, you know, this is just the start of this mm. crazy period we're about to enter into. We're probably already in it. Yeah. Mate, we read this book a year ago. Yeah. And some of these trends uh, seem very familiar now compared yes. to when they did a year ago. Exactly. And as he says, like the last 30 years has been a good taste, but only a taste. Like there's been so much happened, but there's going to be so, so, so much more happening in the next 30 years. Mm. Man, there's never been a, a better time to be alive. Yeah. I've got absolutely no doubt. Yeah, exactly. I think he said, uh, I don't know if I took it. If you're a certain kind of person. <laughs> yeah, but he said, uh, essentially now is a perfect time. There's never been a better day in the whole history of the world to start something. There's never been um, more upside, higher benefits, less risk, more openings, more opportunities and higher returns than right now. Mm. So don't think, oh, I wish I was around 20 years ago when the internet just started. This is, like, this is it. a this much is better time. One. Yeah. yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. So, no, man, the KK. It's, a, it's a, such a good book. I think it's for everyone. Mm. Even though some people aren't attracted to tech, yep. I think it's for everyone because you know, everyone's jobs and livelihoods are probably going to get slaughtered yep. in the next few decades if you're not smart about it. a whole bunch it. of these 12 forces for sure. Yeah. Uh, mate, Kevin Kelly is going to be so interesting to talk to. Yep. So we're looking forward to that one. Mate, we got him on. We got him on. Yeah. <laughs> mate, who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to that. So yeah, sing That's the song time, eh? Kevin! Inevitable by Kevin Kelly. I am a robot, people. I'm a robot, robot. Mm. There are 12 technological forces that will shape our future. People. I'm gonna take your job because I'm a, I'm a robot. Coming. 
Cognifying, flowing, screening, accessing, sharing, remembering, remixing, interacting, tracking, questioning, beginning. Human, human, I am a robot. I will fuck you I in the butt. One day and... humans will fuck the robots. Oh, oh, oh. I'm a robot. Robot gonna probe you, probe you in the bottom. I have no use for humans. I can now do everything a human can do, but better. Goodbye, human. All you need is to get fucked in the butt. Beep pop, beep pop. It's inevitable. I will come and find you in a dark corner. Oh, 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 oh,